Welcome to the UX Podcast, where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine. UX introduces a simple formula for personal and business growth based around one principle. We can't solve big, valuable problems alone. Starting with this principle, UX equips and empowers us to pour ourselves into people and systems, scale authentically, and create a life of exponential freedom and impact. And now, let's get started with the latest episode of the UX Podcast. What's up, Rockstars? Welcome back to the UX Podcast. We've got a phenomenal conversation for you today. Kathleen Black, a motivational speaker, elite coach, and founder of Kathleen Black Coaching and Consulting is here. And man, alive. We went really deep on how to build and scale a coaching or consulting company. Um, for shortcut's sake, I'm just going to call it coaching um, because there's there's a few things we got into, including like how to scale up, how to systematize and get the content out of your head in such a way that you can bring on other coaches into your coaching organization so that they can coach to your system around a hub. And so you can turn coaches into almost uh, Sherpas is what she called it to kind of lead them through the resources that you as the leader have built into your coaching organization, rather than having a collection of coaches that all coach their own experience and, uh, and kind of are creating systems out of thin air as they go along, which is very bad. So we also talk about how she really pulled back for about 18 months and really formed the, the content and intellectual property foundation of the coaching business and how, we, how she got the content out of her head and how that's now laid a foundation for all the growth that she's experienced since then, where she's able to actually bring in full-time coaches. Now she's able to pull in coaches that are specialists in, in some very specific, hyper-specific areas, even from, from outside of the industry. And, and really how that has created a situation where they have people coming in that know the principles that she stands for, agree with them, and want to move forward based on those principles, not just a personal connection to her. Because uh, we know if, if you've ever built, a, you know, started a coaching practice, it's one thing to attract people that, that will trust you on a personal level. It's a whole other thing to scale beyond that and where they, tr- they put their faith and their trust in the principles and the systems that you teach, even when somebody else is doing the teaching, the implementing, and, and showing up to the weekly or bi-weekly calls with them. That's a very difficult bridge to cross for a lot of coaches and consultants. And Kathleen has crossed that very well to the point where she's scaling down. She literally could probably step out of coaching in, a, in a, the sense of handling one-on-one clients already. Uh, she has a few that she hangs on to. She mentions that towards the very end of the conversation, why she does that, which I think is very powerful. And we also talk about the perils of growing too fast, which, which sounds counterintuitive. Um, but when you're in a coaching and consulting business and you have principles and you have systems and you have a specific way that you want things done, then over you know, a really rapid growth where you have to start handing off people to other coaches, that can actually be very dangerous because it can bring people into the organization that don't share those principles. Uh, You can end up taking on clients that never believed in those principles and that can cause all sorts of other problems. Uh, So we talk about all of that. We talk about context versus content. We talk about how she scaled out her content and how how she got everything out of her head and what format that took and some of the roadblocks and pitfalls along the way. This is a phenomenal conversation. She is super, super sharp. I love the way that she's built her coaching and consulting organization. I think you'll get out a lot out of it. Um, and let me say this, by the way, this applies whether you're any kind of professional service firm. So the example that we're using is Kathleen's coaching and consulting business. This applies just as much if you're a digital marketing agency, for example, because you have a certain core belief system about what works and why 
And clients need to understand that in order for them to hang in through the dip where we're doing all this work for them, but they're not seeing the results quite yet, right? We all have that if we're in, if we're in any kind of marketing or lead generation where there's a gap in time between us doing a bunch of stuff for them and them seeing the results to their bottom line. They have to be converted to our belief system really in order for them to give us the time and the space to do that. So I just want to drive home the point that this all applies. These principles apply to all of us, whether we're in any kind of professional service firm where we're doing work for clients that takes any time of time for that to pay off. So with that being said, let's jump right into the conversation with Kathleen. I know you're going to get a ton out of it. So first of all, Kathleen, welcome. Thank you. Welcome. Oh, super excited to have you. So we've got a bunch of stuff we can get into as always. We always have a good time. You've been on my real estate podcast uh, multiple, multiple times sharing, sharing what you do like for that audience because that's the niche that you operate in. But one of the things that I like about the business that you built is you don't just operate within the real estate market. You found uh, an even like a more specific niche within that. So before we go anywhere else, um, let's talk about just like how did you come to that specialty in other words like it just kind of picking out your micro niche how did that come about well I, I mean really it started because I started selling on a real estate team and uh, the team was actually starting a coaching company and I was actually at the first event they ever ran I edited all their workbooks all of that kind of stuff um, and there's three owners and the real estate coaching business is tough let's just say it that way uh, <laughs> three owners uh, pretty difficult the company got into some trouble financially pretty quickly um, yeah. most of the owners wanted to go in different directions and by then I was already coaching became director of coaching so basically it was kind of a fire sale and and I thought yeah I like this I come from a psychology background and and you know I didn't notice no one else was in line which is typical for me and just thought I want this opportunity yeah so <laughs> I went for it um yeah and ended up to to get um 50% ownership of the company in order to kind of take it on and, you know, get it back into financial health and build their content and make sure it was scalable across multiple coaches and, uh, you know, that we, we could expand and also that we could retain clients because the coaching business can be very, um, what is the word? Like it's not, uh, people can find it very, very volatile, right? Like you can yeah. have a bunch of clients come on, you can have a bunch of clients leave, like it can, the ebbs and flows of it can be very stressful for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. So, because right, we've never talked about like the, the background. So, so Kathleen Black Coaching Consulting, is that, did you leave that company to start or you bought the 50%, more than 50% and then changed the name to become Kathleen Black Coaching Consulting? So, it was kind of, I had a more, a different kind of unique scenario with it. I sold uh, my 50% shares in the prior gotcha. coaching company, um, but I also retained and own all of the content. So, when I left that company, I, about half the clients came with me, all the content, because I did so much content development. Gotcha. Um, and at the end, the way that it was all... Um, came about actually was really good because essentially those people watching probably know when you do almost everything in your business, it means the business is worth a lot less um, without you in it because I was doing so much of it. Um, so it worked out actually extremely well because half the clients came, all the content, I still own all the content, we have access to it for all of our people and then we've obviously made updates and then I started this company. So it went live December 1st, 2015 was mm -hmm. when Kathleen Black Coaching and Consulting started. Yeah. So yeah, I was going to say, I mean, that's a, about as perfect a scenario as you can ask for considering being part of a company that wasn't doing well and you didn't have the power to just completely take it over and, and remake it in your image to walk away with 100% of the content and half the clients. Yeah. It's about, it's about as, uh, as ideal a scenario as you can ask for. Um, so take me back a little bit to... Um, 
to when you're developing the content. Mm -hmm. uh, so what was it about, like, what were the unique skills and abilities that you had that gave you the ability to kind of build, like, where did the content come from initially that now is kind of the beating heart of everything that your coaching company does? Well, it's, it's been an evolution. Like one of the things that we do uh, that I think are very important is that we don't just focus, like we focus heavily on systems, obviously, like everything we do is team. So it has to work for a team of, you know, somebody starting who does 20 deals a year to a team doing 1,000, 1,500 deals a year. So that's very important. It has to be scalable. Um, all of our content is, but we combine everything with personal development and mindset. Like we're very, um, everything's holistic. We don't believe in fulfillment or success without that. So, you know, our whole role is to try to empower um, uh, voice, energy, you know, uh, personal power for everybody on the team and for the whole businesses uh, overall. So there's a lot of psychology behind what we do. We don't believe in just teaching, hey, say this script. I believe firmly if you understand the why, um, you'll retain it better. So when we built the content, initially, when I took over the prior company, the content was a problem. Like we had a lot of feedback that it was fluffy. It was, you know, the same as everyone else. Because of course, there's a lot of fundamentals in real estate that are going to be the same. So yeah. I actually took 18 months just to go back and kind of redo all the nuances, like the little details of all the content to make sure that the way I used it and saw it in my head actually flowed to our clients. There was a huge disconnect there. Mm -hmm. um, there just, it, it didn't have enough of kind of the mindset behind it and there were holes in it there were gaping holes in our system. So all of a sudden people are going, well, what do you do here? Like, how do you yeah. get to these next steps? So 18 months of not trying to grow the company and just pull back and, and update content, which was a hard choice. Um, it was very difficult because when you're in, you know, I made some changes to make that possible because when a company is in, you know, financial difficulty and you're trying to get out of debt um, and you're a new business owner and doing all this, it was a hard call. But to me, I, I firmly still believe that the client experience and the quality of the content is what is going to get people to stay with you. It's going to improve retention. And I didn't want to expand with a poor product. I just, I wasn't interested in doing that. Uh, my reputation was behind it and I felt they'd already done that. Right. They had done, you know, pushing out across like across Canada and doing events and signing up a ton of people. That wasn't the problem. It was retaining them. Right. Yeah. So what's yeah. why? Why continue doing that? So, yeah, it was the psychology of it. It was really um, consultants approach. Uh, we really pulled back and decided what are our principles. And I felt that was missing. What are okay. the principles guiding us in every area of our content? That was huge. It was like we needed that North Star, right, to go towards with everything. And even yesterday, I did a listing workshop. And the first things, it's like it's product versus uh, service. It's consultants approach versus sales approach. And it's affirmative. How do we get in that mastery affirmative mindset? It still guides us to this day, even here. Hmm. It's really interesting because, um, uh, man, that's a hard, that is an extremely hard decision, but I think where it sets you up and, and, and the reason why I think it was probably a good choice is you mentioned the word principles and, and this is where I think most coaching and consulting firms have a lot of problem, which is articulating and finding principles and core values that are demonstrably different from the, what the rest of the industry puts out in a way that the clients really care about. Uh, of course you found a nice niche in, in real estate teams, right? But you're right. Like all, most of the content that's out there in real estate has not really changed. And a lot of the coaches don't really, they think they do, but when you really get down to it, they don't really have a point of view that's much different than most of the other coaches out there. They just believe they're better one-on-one -on -one coaches than mm -hmm. the people who are already out there. And so they set out into the market and <clears throat> they don't realize that they don't really have a lot of content that differentiates them. Mm -hmm. and, and, and that's, and what's funny is that you, you saw it firsthand exactly what that creates 
which is if you're a really good salesperson, you can go out there and you can get people, you can transfer the enthusiasm and you can get people in the door. They just don't stay because there's nothing without that really strong point of view. You don't really create any true believers in what you're teaching because you're not teaching anything that's different, that's polarizing, that's, that, that really is um, principled in its own way. So I love that. That's, uh, that's something that I think is a very valuable lesson that anybody that's, you know, ends up listening can, can take away, which is the, the business, like any foundation of a coaching consulting business has to have that bedrock of principles that are different. Um, what was the process when you went through those 18 months, mm-hmm. any, any tips or things that, that worked well for you to kind of get this stuff out of your head and, and into a format that was teachable? Into a format that was teachable. Um, you know what? Like, I'm not going to lie. Like, it's tedious, right? Like, it's going back. Every, <laughs> it is. Like, it's going back over every document, every step, updating mm-hmm. everything. For me, it was more thinking about how I teach things and then reading it and going, okay, what's missing? Like, what can I, what can I add in here? And I think a big piece for us because of the principles is the context, right? The content might be there, but we needed the context of, you know, how are we different because of consultants approach? Like people want to work with us because of what we believe in. We believe that we help our clients have a better experience, that we empower them, that we empower their voice. And we do the same thing for our clients. And that's important. So we're not pushing people. We don't believe in trial closes, right? So once people kind of understand our culture and what we're doing and how we're approaching the public, it's easier Mm -hmm. for them to believe in why we do things the way we do, right? Like once I can get somebody to believe in segmented selling, well, I can coach them for two, three years on multiple sales systems because now they understand the power of knowing each next step and they'll invest in knowing all of it because once they have a taste of it, right? So Mm -hmm. I think for me, it was how do I develop the context for each system, how we look at it, why it's important. How do I prep their mind before I ever give them the content? Because if I can get, like, I kind of refer it. People say with onboarding, how do I talk about it? I'm like, if you can get the train on the tracks, you can go fast. But you have to get the train on. You have to lock in, right? Mm-hmm. So we do a lot of prep to get the lock in before we actually do what most people run to first, which is the content. So we prep a lot of mindset. So that was a huge change. Um, developing a lot of webcasts where, you know, we had a set flow when people were learning different systems with us, recruitment or, you know, sales systems, it doesn't matter, where they'd watch these webinars because not just on the coaching call now, regardless of their coach, they're listening to me take them through the mindset that I know if they buy into it, they're going to get the results. Mm. So that was a big piece, um, realizing as well the hub, right? Uh, there, there's all of this, like I'm in the team niche, as you said, but the hub of, you know, everybody's saying all of these proprietary systems. Well, if you as a one-on-one coach, your whole value is, well, you should work with me because I'm the best. Well, how proprietary are your systems? They're proprietary to you. It's your art. So for us, because we do team, my whole thing was, how can I take these systems and truly create a hub where any coach can take them through like that ecosystem Mm -hmm. idea, right? The hub where any coach, our coaches are like Sherpas or like guides taking them through these resources that are already developed where it doesn't have to just be me. So I think in the team environment, there's a huge contradiction of these coaches saying you get to work with me. Well, if you haven't been able to transfer your your proprietary knowledge to other people, what makes me think you can help you know your clients do that, right? And it's not a knock. Everybody does different things. Just for me in my head, it doesn't work, right? Like I challenge myself yeah. to do what I challenge my clients to do. Um, mm-hmm. I, I think I have to walk the walk. Uh, it's interesting that you say that. I never thought of it quite that way, but I would tend to agree with you. If, if a coach has not gone through, it's like the process of writing a book. It, it forces you to clarify your thinking. Um, and so the process of putting everything like your systems that you teach into systems that other people could teach, that other people could coach on, forces you to really examine every aspect of what you teach. Um, 
So that's an interesting point like that to me that that process and that's what, what's really fascinating to me about scaling out like a coaching consulting business is that process of getting the stuff that's in our head uh, out of our head in such a way that it's systematized for other people to not only just consume, but that they could then turn around and teach because that that to me is what creates the potential for true believers, which and like the, the absence of true believers shows up in low retention of our clients. It also shows up in our inability to bring on staff coaches, which that's an interesting thing. Like you see coaching companies kind of get to a certain point and, and they realize, okay, we've exhausted me and like, let's say my key person, right? You have, let's say you have two people that usually built the business together and then they can, they, they kind of max out their personal coaching schedule. And then they go saying, well, Hey, we've got all this demand. Mm -hmm. Now we need to fulfill the demand. We need to hire a staff coach. Anytime I hear that and I don't hear that there's some, there's two or three people that are waiting in the wings that are, that are zealots for their system that are ready to step in and start coaching. That to me is a bad sign that, that to me is a sign that they haven't done the work necessary to get the stuff out of their head and really convert their clients into true believers in their system. Because if they did, they'd have people waiting in the wings that are chomping at the bit because of their own success and their own conversion to turn around and teach it to other people. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I tend, I, it does for sure. I think it's interesting and in, because again, like I'm biased with the team side of it, right? So mm -hmm. for us, I mean, I was going to say when uh, one of the things for our, our mindset to mentality is that we, we build results, right? So my whole business, my reputation is legitimately built on if you work with me on what you get results, it's not enough that you show up every week. I like, that's just not enough for me personally. Yeah. I don't care if you're paying me, if you're showing up, or we're going to get results because my business is built off of you getting results and other people seeing it. And what whether that was 10 years ago, it doesn't matter though at that moment in time and those results are locked in forever. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that that's a, a really important piece of it. But what we find is because we're working with full teams and team leaders, like we're nurturing so many aspects of it. A lot of the time, those team leaders, we've helped them leverage out so much that, you know, they might want to coach, but I've noticed a big problem with a lot of this is maybe, anyway, I've noticed a bit of an issue with the idea of, okay, if you're selling, you're a better coach. If you're active, we, we find a lot more success with full-time coaches because they're invested, right? They're invested in doing it. They're investing in going to training. They're making enough money to make it a career and really care about it. And, you know, the idea that a great team leader on the side is going to have two or three coaching clients and be fulfilled and what, it, what it's going to pay. Like, we know what it costs to coach, right? Like, I could make much more money selling homes. That's just the truth. Eventually, I'll make much more money with my coaching coaching business. Mm -hmm. um, but right now I still haven't totally tipped. Like I was a pretty decent salesperson, uh, consultant. Um, but yeah, like for us, we, I, I really think it's moving in the team environment where it's moving so much to, um, organizational setups for the big teams that we need people with really advanced skill sets. Like all our, all our people are, you know, NLP trained, they're disc trained, they're trained to, to teach here. Some of our people have massive like team building in uh, corporations. They have, you know, 10 years of doing that. And I'm purposely trying to find those people with those skill sets to bring them into the real estate environment. Cause I think the big teams are going to need them more and more and more. Um, yeah. I do think that that is an interesting caveat. I, I think you're right about that, which is, You've got the people, you can raise up coaches two ways. You can raise them up through the ranks uh, of, of people that are converted to your point of view that know how to teach your system, right? And they can turn around and teach the next generation of people that are coming up behind them. But there, yeah, there's absolutely a role for people, whether it's coming in from the outside or whatever, where they're not necessarily, they haven't come up through your ranks in your system. They come in from the outside with a super advanced skill set in some other area and they come in and they make your system better 
the system that you're teaching the agents. If they like, if they have that that experience from outside of your industry and you're bringing them in, or something like that, or they have their, you know, they've. Uh, let's say they, they're super advanced in one very specific aspect. Uh, yeah, then, then I can absolutely see where that improves the coaching consulting business as a whole because you're bringing in things, you're bringing in new content, fresh blood, and, and you're using that fresh blood not to just service the existing demand, but actually to push the content and the intellectual property of the business forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So that makes total sense. It's like, how can you take what you have and synthesize it with other information? So all of a sudden there's a brand new perspective. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you've done scripting with somebody else, but have you done it, you know, thinking about learning styles? Have you done it thinking about disc? Have you done it thinking about consultants approach? Like all of a sudden now we can teach it in 10 different ways. And somebody just feels like, oh, I never felt this way about it. I never felt in my core congruent. So you mm-hmm. give them that ability to be like, yeah, this is part of me. I believe in this. And that's a whole other mm-hmm. experience, I think so. Okay. Interesting. So, so in that process, so you're, you're bringing in people from, from the outside that have super specialized skill sets um, and you're pushing the intellectual property forward that way. Um, how do you, as the leader of that consulting coaching company, make sure that you're scaling up authentically when you start bringing outside voices in that aren't just zealots for the Kathleen Black system. They're coming in with their own perspective, which is both good and bad, right? Mm -hmm. So there's the flip side of it, which is they have their own opinions and they have their own training and they're, you know, like they have their all kinds, they're very, you know, I mean, really strong people are going to be very strongly opinionated. Uh, How do you make sure that you're scaling authentically? Well, I think that this has been, uh, just being transparent, a big learning curve because with real estate teams, my onboarding is down to a T. It's like tick, tick, tick. I can do it in my sleep, right? And then it came to coaching, the same thing. We were growing so very fast and I was really quite aware that that's not always a good thing. Um, I think to the point it was making me a little bit uh, nervous about it. Um, and this is where we had major changes in our business in the last year. I mean, I had somebody in director of coaching that I, you know, sometimes you make assumptions that you come from similar backgrounds, you're going to process things in similar ways and assumptions are bad. Um, for sure. I take uh, responsibility for that. Right. Assumptions are not good. Um, so, you know, we made major changes and basically I brought the principles that work for me with real estate teams into my coaching. So how you do one thing is how you do anything. So right. how am I going to do it? I'm going to do exactly what I already know works in real estate teams extremely well. And I'm going to bring it to my coaching coaches training so now they go through multiple days of coaches training they have to shadow a certain amount of calls they have to watch almost 100 webinars like they're entrenched as much as I can I completely immerse them into mm-hmm. our culture and they get paid they go up in pay scale and in rank as a coach the more experience they have with us and the more you know they, they understand and they can have different types of clients at that point um, so it's a huge learning lesson because just like with real estate teams like once you start giving leads and opportunities does somebody want to come and train with you five times a week? No. They're like, I don't need this. I already have a taste of success. Like, I don't need to come in and do that. Like, leave me alone. And it's the same thing, you know, with coaches. Like, I already have clients. Like, yeah, I already have people. Like, I don't need to come and do everything. So, I've really changed the expectations to make sure that we're guarding our values and our standards with our clients. And it's it's really, really um, important. Also, I've been lucky. Most of my people have at least had some experience with our training, even if it's been brokerage training. So, they've had direct uh, interactions with me. So they, they already kind of felt, you know, some synergy, right. With the values and what we were trying to do here. Okay. Gotcha. Um, okay. So real quick on, on one of the big challenges and, and I don't, I don't think this is just in our niche, but I see it a lot in the real estate niche, which is you got such a wide range of people who you can 
coach. Yeah. And they're, they could be doing, like you mentioned earlier, they could be a team that's selling 20 deals a year and kind of right at the, the cusp of really building an, an actual real team versus selling 1,000 to 1,500 homes. When someone like that, when, you, when your clients come in the door, how do you make sure they're assigned to the right coach that you feel like is going to gel? And it, or do, you, do you sort them out so that they're always working with somebody that's more advanced than they are? Or do you give them someone that you feel like just has the specialty that's needed to push them forward at whatever stage that they're at? Um, it's great questions. I mean, I, I think, uh, first of all, a couple of things for me that have been important are, you know, checking, checking my ego about who is the best people who can help these clients, because sometimes I have big teams come in and I could say, well, they need to have me. Well, no, they don't. They, they absolutely don't. Um, they need to go with a coach who has a higher level of mastery in the area that they need. And I find in real estate, there, there's this huge misconception of, well, you know, the coach should have sold more homes than me. Well, really, because they know these systems that have helped other teams double, triple, quadruple their business. You don't know those systems and you need them. So what's like, let's, you know, let's check our egos a little bit there. Like we do a lot of big events and I find sometimes people say, well, you know, uh, I'll have people say, uh, you know, I want to be in a coaching company where all the people are big bigger fish, but they won't attend an event where everybody's doing already more business than they are. Right. Like, so I think, I think it's being open to learn. Do you follow what I'm saying? Like they'll no, say, go, I want to be back. with all the really big fish. Yeah. Yeah. But they won't attend. They'll be like, I don't want to attend that event because I want to be with the big fish. But, but literally almost the whole room is already at or above their production level. So I'm going, well, you know, there's something <laughs> to learn. Right. Okay. So I, I'm, I, all I'm saying is I'm really careful with myself and I try to be with my clients of having a growth mindset that, you know, when, when you look to learn, there's things to learn. There absolutely are. When you look to say, I'm already arrived, guess what? You're pretty cap. Like I don't want to be arrived and I don't want to run a coaching company that's arrived. That's not, we're not here just to network. We want to help you grow. That's what we do. So I take their um, application, look at their business assessment. We do thorough personality profiles on every single team member, not just the team leaders, coaching or agent. Mm -hmm. um, I usually do multiple consult calls or another coach does. And we assess all of that to match them with their, their coach. That's going to be the best fit. Yeah. Which is good. It's um, I, I came across, there was um. I don't know, it was just a couple of pages in uh, the book, Managing the Professional Service Firm. And the context is more like accounting and law firms and stuff like that. That's where the author's background is. But he made the point that the person who dictates the assignments, in other words, who puts the project team together that handles that client's account? Mm -hmm. is like that person, which is usually just like an administrator. It's like, that's the person that actually runs your firm. I was like, whoa, when you, cause when you extrapolate that out to coaching and you realize like, if you let somebody else, if you let somebody further down the line than you dictate where clients go and which coach gets assigned to them, mm -hmm. like that is what actually determines the success of the coaching business. So yeah, that's that. I'm always curious about that because there is that perception in real estate and real estate is such a numbers game and such an ego game. I don't know that every other industry is quite the same. Um, but we do have a little bit of that <laughs> to overcome just a little bit. Uh, what's funny about it is, you know, it, once you get over the man alive, one of the, you know, some of the best coaches I know, their teams may have done 300 deals a year and they're coaching people that have done five or 600 deals a year because they're just flat out better at systems than they are. Yeah different markets. And so you've, and, and then of course, then you've got the X factor of, you know, they could have been doing deals when they had some huge REO or bank relationships where they got a thousand listings a year effectively dumped in their lap through one powerful one, you know, a handful of, of really good relationships. Uh, they may have built their business an entirely different way. So they may have sold a whole bunch of homes and somebody else is a better fit to teach you the systems that you want to learn than they are, even though they've sold way more homes. So it's interesting. There's just all this kind of ego stuff 
to overcome in our niche that I think is, uh, is unique. Anyway, uh, we'll finish out with, um, with one, one last question on kind of where things are going. Before we do that, how do people uh, connect? And especially if they want to refer you, if they know real estate teams that are looking for, for your type of help. Yeah, perfect. Um, always, we do strategy calls. And just yesterday, I picked up the phone. Somebody said, I can't believe you still do the consult calls. I'm like, I do, but I like them. <laughs> <laughs> I like the strategy. So www.ittakesa.team. So it takes a dot team, and you can request a strategy consult call uh, with myself or another coach. It's, it's actually somebody who does coaching who will connect with you. Perfect. All right. So final question. You know the niche that we both operate in very, 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 very well. Um, do you see yourself sticking in this long term or do, do you have an eye towards breaking out, expanding, or do you just want to help the real estate team niche as a whole grow so that there's a bigger pie to take your slice of? Like, how would you like to see it grow? Um, for our, our company, we're already expanding. Like we've been expanding into, you know, helping individual agents, helping brokerage training. So I don't know if that's what you mean. Like we've been expanding out of the team, um, specific for a while, but that's where we're known. That's where our specialty is. Um, so we're kind of expanding that mindset that, you know, individual agents can, can really grow using team systems. Of course they can, and it's going to help them set up their business as a business. So we're expanding in that way. Um, we're also expanding with our online programs. Like I, I have huge goals internationally for speaking and, uh, conferences, and I don't think it's limited just to real estate. I think actually a lot of what we do is, is mindset and business expansion and, you know, helping people just get really, um, align with their voice and really powerful personally. And I, I think being able to lead ourselves is, is a big, massive contribution um, that I love any part that I can help with it on. So no, I don't see us being limited just, just to real estate with that piece for sure. And wh what do you think is the value to the coaching consulting business? If you as the leader spend a pretty significant portion of time, let's say you shifted even more so, and you're doing a lot of writing and speaking and being out there and being very visible. And let's say 70% of your time is focused on authority, visibility, and relationships, level, you know, leveling up rather than being in the business. What, what value is that really tangibly to the coaching consulting business? I think it's it's huge value, right? People hearing what we're about and understanding, again, our beliefs, our value, our culture. When people identify with that, they're more likely, if they're in real estate, to come towards the coaching and consulting. And I mean, I feel strongly I'm also nurturing the lifestyle coaches. It's Again, it's a really volatile business. I mean, our coaches get, our top level coaches have five weeks paid per year, right? They come to, to events. If they, they speak, it's covered for them. I mean, it's a really fantastic opportunity where we can spread what we do and have amazing people connected. They build their business business, our coaches have more security. I, I feel very good about that. And this year, I've already been transitioning out of I only have a couple of coaching clients that I'll hold on to just to make sure that I stay in it. Um, but it's been a huge jump for me of saying no, like I will not I will not take yeah. any more clients, I'll oversee the business and my value to the entire team is much stronger um, being out of that. But it took years to be ready to do that. So no, I, I think it will benefit my business massively to be if one day 70%, you know, traveling out there speaking, writing and uh, yeah, yeah, that's basically the next next goal. It's in motion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I've, I've, I know it is. Um, <laughs> yeah, and I, there there's something you mentioned there, which is the beliefs, and then and then we'll uh, we'll close this one out. Yeah, I think it's it's the it's the main value of, to a coaching consulting business of the leader getting out there and and being known and being visible. I don't think it's just the visibility part and people knowing having a general awareness that this coaching company exists. To me, it's it's making converts. 
mm-hmm. getting out there and, and putting your point of view out there in such a way that you get people to agree with it. Because then when they agree with the point of view and they, they come into your belief system, that's when it actually creates the demand for what you do. We don't want to just create awareness. We want to create demand. We want to create actually the, the, the forward motion of them to come in and go, okay, I don't just know who you are. I actually know what you stand for. I believe I have come to believe the same things thanks to me consuming your content. And now because I believe the same things, now I want to work with you. And to me, like that's, so to me, it makes the, the lead generation side of the coaching consulting business much, much, much easier. Mm-hmm. And you, you, you have people coming into the funnel that they're already at step seven in terms of their belief system. Like let's say you need them to believe 10 different things to get them to the point where they're ready to pull the trigger and hire you. I think you being out there and being visible and, and doing a great job of marketing can actually get them to like, you know, they're already on belief number six or seven by the time they really hit your funnel. You just have to get them converted on the last few things and bam, they're ready to sign up. Uh, and to me, that's if you're going to provide an environment where other coaches come into it and they want to make a full-time living, they don't have the time to be doing that. That's part of why they would join an organization like yours. So you've got to be out there generating, not just generating leads, but generating Con, like converts that are just a few steps away and then you're able to turn them over to the coaches. That's, that's the main value. So, so I love what you're doing. Uh, I'm excited to see where things go. Cause I, I know you've got uh, some, some big goals. I do. I do. All right. With you. I know you do. <laughs> <laughs> we both do. Exactly. All right. Well, Kathleen, again, appreciate it. So everybody go check that out. It takes a dot team and um, well, you'll be excited to see where things go from here. Okay, cool. Thanks, Matt. Now, I believe that clarity releases energy. So I hope that this episode creates clarity for you by laying out a path forward in your business. Now, if you're interested in starting a podcast like this to help you break into a new industry or to establish yourself as an authority in a niche market, let's talk. We have a complete done for you podcasting service. Uh, That is my agency that I'm building and growing. And I'd love to talk to you about what we can potentially do for you. You can learn more at pursuingresults.com to get a sense of what our service is all about. And if you're ready, if you're really seriously thinking about starting a podcast, I'm happy to brainstorm your ideas and talk about the positioning of your podcast within the market, something that you can take away whether we end up working together or not. So you can grab a time on my calendar for a podcast brainstorm call at bookjohnson.com. That is bookjohnson.com. I just want to thank you again for listening to the show, for leaving us a rating and a review on iTunes and more importantly, for investing your time, your energy, your attention into the show. It really means the world to me that you would do that. So again, this is the UX podcast where we learn how to turn a rockstar business into a UX machine and we'll see you on the next episode.